This podcast series has been brought to you by Tesco in partnership with the Camogie Association. Tesco, every little helps. Today's guest is nothing short of a legend. 18-time All-Ireland winner with Cork Camogie and football, Rena Buckley joins us to chat about injury prevention. Rena is a chartered physiotherapist and discusses the most prevalent injuries among youths and how we can reduce the risk of them occurring. We talk about the importance of recovery when it comes to injuries and performance, and Rena gives us some practical strategies to help support that recovery. As always, you can subscribe to the Coaching Bubble podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, and you can keep up to date with all things Coaching Bubble podcast on social media at Bubble Coaching. I learned loads from listening to Rena today. I hope you enjoy. Okay, Rena. Thanks a million for coming on. It's great to have you. We are talking about injuries and injury prevention in Camogie and in youth female sport. So uh, we might kick off straight away there in terms of what are the most common injuries that you would see in Camogie and, and I suppose in particular around the teenage girl. Thanks, Stephen, first of all, for having me on. Delighted to be here and it's it's a great topic to to chat about. So the very first thing I'd say is, Injury prevention is next to impossible in terms of sport. Look, when you're playing sport, there's there's an element of contact, there's an element of pushing yourself. So look, every you know, everybody is going to pick up something small at some stage, and it's all about injury reduction, if we can at all, and keeping the injuries as low as they can. But the nature of sport, and you know, a lot of people are going to pick pick up something, but just to make sure that what they pick up is is as mild and as least severe as as possible. And most people get through their careers without having know a whole pile um that that goes wrong i can say the same for myself thanks be to god i've got i've i've played i suppose 25 years of camogie and thanks be to god i haven't had a whole pile of 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 bad luck over over those years and so in terms of camogie um there's not a whole pile of research done in terms of the the most common injuries and so i actually did a bit of research myself a couple of years ago I, i went back and i did um uh, a master's in sports physio in UCD and, and the thesis that I did was on on injuries in, in elite camogie and I suppose that's a little bit different from teenage camogie but it's a good indicator and the, the three most common injuries were actually the same as, as hurling maybe the percentages were a little bit different but injury number one was the thigh injury number two was the knee and in, injury number three was the ankle and in general that lines up with a lot of female sports as well and um, so like the thigh, so mainly the hamstring, I suppose, um, the knee and the ankle. And I suppose the knee is the one that's got probably the most coverage in female sports and rightly so over the last number of years because due to a couple of different factors, females are a little bit more prone to, to knee injuries than, than our male counterparts. So we just have to be a little bit more aware of that um, in terms of our, our sport um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, be... A little bit more conscious of it in terms of you know how we prepare to play and um, so they're the most common injuries um, and I suppose it, it's worth mentioning as well that you know female compared to male I suppose when you go through your, your teenage years boys you know they go through a big growth spurt and they get a, a, a big big change in terms of their muscle bulk and their muscle strength and a lot of that comes naturally Girls, on the other hand, don't tend to get that same um, sudden kind of change in muscle muscle bulk, but they still they still grow and they still are increasing their level of activity. So because of that, females can be a little bit more prone than males um, when it comes to injury in the teenage years. And that's something as well to, to be mindful of, that 
girls don't have that kind of natural advantage that males get. Um, and and I suppose we, we just have to be conscious of that in terms of how we how we play and how we train. Yeah, and it's a really good point. The the fact that the that there's a there's a difference between obviously there's a difference between boys and girls, but then in terms of what potential injuries could come down the track and what's a little bit more prevalent, and I suppose with coaches knowing that and being sort of armed with that information, they can adjust or or hopefully amend their training accordingly to do their best to try and avoid these common injuries. So I suppose the, the obvious next question is. How do we? How do I get all my team out on the pitch every week with no injuries? Uh, continue a whole season through with uh, with nobody getting any injuries, so that I, uh, I have a full full panel every every week. You know. Yeah. So I suppose another thing um, to think about when we're when we're thinking about injuries is try and think about the contact injuries and the non-contact injuries. So um, the contact injuries when it comes to Kamogi, um from the research I did, about half the injuries are contact and around half are, are non-contact. In terms of the contact injuries, some of that is just a, a little bit of bad luck, you know. Um, some of it is kind of your, your your style of play, you know. Some people like to, you know, they're not a, a you know big fan of the sidestep. They like to go straight through at times. But sometimes it's just bad luck, you know. If, if, you're, if you're going up to catch a ball and you have your hand protected and somebody just comes in and, and, and hits you on the hand, there's not a whole pile you can do about that. The coach certainly... You know, if they've coached the, the player to protect their hand and just with a bit of bad luck, they, they don't manage to protect their hand. You know, that's just that's just part and parts of the game. Um, and there's not a whole pile you can do about that. But it's the non-contact injuries. They are the ones you want to try and avoid. And they are the ones you want to cut down. So I suppose the, the first thing that's very important is is the warm-up. Um, and the, the warm-up is, is very important um, for anybody anybody playing any sport at all and it's no different different for Kamogi um, so I suppose if we were to talk a little bit about about the warm-up I suppose you could um, use the um, the word ramp is a good way to, to remember it so what ramp stands for is raise so raise your body temperature so that should be raised gradually you know starting obviously from you know your your resting and getting yourself right up to the the pitch of the training session or the pitch of the match um, a is for activate, so that's to activate the the muscles that are are required. So you know that'll be a little bit different for for camogie versus you know straight line running. Um, so when you're looking at camogie, there should be a little bit of you know kind of maybe lunges or lateral lunges or you know maybe um, bridges, so that you can kind of um, get all the the correct muscles kind of activated and ready to go. M is for mobilize. So um, whenever I'm talking to people about this, I, I use the analogy of myself. So mobilize is very important for myself, um, a camogie player in their mid-30s. So for a teenage camogie player, um, it's, it's not really that important at all. So mobilize is really make sure you've got good mobility around your ankle, make sure you've got good mobility around your hip flexors and good mobility around your back. But that's really more important for the older athlete. For the younger athlete, look, most of the younger athletes don't have any issue there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me and the last one is p so p is for potentiate so potentiate is is to make sure that your muscles are firing really well just before you go into the into the game so i suppose how i'd describe this would be you know if you're watching a match on television or if you're lucky enough to watch it live these days so you know like the dublin footballers do it you'd see a lot of you'd see a lot of top teams do it 
just before the ball is thrown in, the manager might be in the centre and the players might turn and sprint maybe two or three metres away from him and then jog back in. So what he's doing there, it's called potentiating the nervous system. So he's getting everybody ready to go at match pace so that the nervous system is, is firing really well so that you're ready to turn and sprint and do those type of really quick movements that are involved in multi-directional sport. Um, so that's kind of what the, the warm-up should entail. But I suppose the, the, the most important thing to, to, to remember about any warm-up is, you know, there's, there's great resources available nowadays from, from the GA. So I would highly recommend there's a, a GA15 and there's an Activate. Um, and they're both available on the, on the GA website. And they were done in coordination with Ladies Football and Camogie as well. So GA15 and Activate. And they would incorporate all the, the, the you know, the really important um, parts of the warm-up. So if that could be replicated in your training session, then you're certainly off to a good start. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you that because uh, I'm glad you mentioned the, the practical because I know I know for a fact if the, 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 the when this goes out, then all of a sudden it'll be a case of where can we find all those exercises or where can we get those? So it's brilliant that there's a few resources there that people can actually use and can actually find and ha- have a, a practical sort of takeaway to their training sessions and um, I suppose that's what we're trying to do is to give people as many practical tools and tips as they can to help them prepare their teams. So, uh, okay, you've you've sorted me out now. My my team are going out. They're warmed up perfectly. We are performing really well. Um, but let's say we have five or six matches within a couple of month period. Okay, so um, I know we talked very briefly beforehand about uh, the importance of recovery. So could you maybe explain? Uh, I suppose what recovery is like uh, I suppose people might be thinking that it's put sitting in with the feet up on the couch or uh, having a cup of tea after a game or whatever that may be but what actually is recovery what's happening to the body when we are recovering why is, what is the importance of it and, and maybe some strategies to employ that we could that uh, we could use practically yeah no problem at all that's so that's a that's actually an excellent question so <clears throat> I suppose when we think about getting fitter or getting stronger um, what's actually happening is um, as, as you're doing that work, you know, as you're getting fitter and getting stronger, so, or, you know, playing a game or doing a training session, you know, what actually happens when you're doing that workload is you're causing kind of minimal damage to, to your muscles. Um, so, so they kind of, there's like little micro bleeding goes on within the muscles almost. Um, and that's normal. And that's what everybody has to do in order to, to get get faster, get fitter, get stronger. Just when you're playing sport, that's that's just part and parcel of it. Um, so there's minimal damage when you're doing that work. So what recovery is then is to allow the muscles to to recover, to actually kind of heal, and they actually go back to a place that they're they're better than where you started before that that training session or before that match. So the crux of it is that. So if you do if you do the work um, in training or in the match, you damage the muscles, and then you you have to give yourself the time to recover, and you finish at a, a better place than when you started. So the problem becomes is if you don't give yourself the time to recover, the muscles finish at a place that is not better than where you started, and if you do that again, if you damage the muscles again, and then don't give yourself the time to recover afterwards, you're at a a worse place again so your your general 
direction is that you're not getting fitter, you're not getting stronger, actually you're, you're going in the other direction. However, if you're putting in the work and you're giving yourself the chance in between sessions to, for the muscles to come around fully, then you're going in the right direction. You're getting faster, you're getting fitter, you're getting stronger, you're becoming a, a better athlete as such. So that's why recovery is, is really important. So in order to, to, to get better, you need to put in the work and you need to damage the muscles. But if you don't allow yourself, um, it's, it's really the time to recover afterwards, then you're going to get no benefit from, from the work you've put in. So that's in a nutshell why, why recovery is really important. Um, so obviously, as sport is getting a little bit more professional, people are trying to find all sorts of um, kind of ways to enhance their recovery because I suppose it's become um, much better understood why recovery is important. So you'll hear people using things like recovery boots and you'll hear people using foam rolling, massage. You'll hear people, um, you know, there's cryotherapy, people going into the sea. So all those things are, look, they're all, they're all are beneficial and they all have a place, particularly at, at, at higher level sport. But whether it's high level sport or not high level sport, the two key important things for recovery are eating well and sleeping well. And whether you're, you know, um, a run of the mill athlete or you're, you're just coming home from Tokyo, it doesn't matter. The two pillars of recovery are eating well and sleeping well. So you must eat well to, to fuel those muscles so that they can recover fully. So in terms of eating, um, for after a game or after a training session, um, the, the most important thing is to get protein into you. So the protein is important for that, that muscle recovery. So protein could be in the shape of, like milk would be what I would, would, be what I would go to. Um, other people, you know, like a ham sandwich, a chicken sandwich, absolutely fine. Um, other people would have a protein shake, something like that. But ideally, if you can get that that recovery food into you or drink into you with protein is, is the key thing. Within half an hour of training, that's when it's most effective. Um, so if you're thinking about your food before a game, and, you know, this might be, you know, directly before, as in like a couple of hours beforehand or even the day before, you're thinking of your carbohydrates for energy, Whereas after the game or after the training session, when you're thinking of recovery, it's protein because you're looking for the, the recovery of, of the muscles. And so that's the first thing, your nutrition, your eating. And then the second thing is, is your sleeping. So we all know when we sleep, that's it's for rest and recovery. So that's a huge part of when, when your muscles and when your system will, will heal. So if you're not getting that sleep, um, then it's going to take you that bit longer to recover from, from a, a, you know, a harder training session or a harder game. Um, so that's very, very important as well. Um, and, you know, there's no matter how much recovery boots you do and how much seawater or cryotherapy you do, if you're not getting your, your eating and your sleeping right, um, you know, you're, you're in a little bit of trouble. Okay, so bed early and uh, proper dinners and pint of milk after training, and uh, and and we should be keeping them on the straight and narrow for the for the to try and keep it nice Absolutely. and simple. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, key. <laughs> so, Rena, that the, these are all brilliant tips and and loads of great strategies for for keeping um our young athletes fit and healthy and and getting them to recover as best they possibly can in between training or in between games. Um, I wonder. 
you obviously played quite a bit of sports when you were younger. Um, do, is there the danger of playing a lot of different sports? So I'm just conscious there might be parents or coaches listening who have some of their girls and they might be playing several sports. Um, they might be quite good at several sports. Um, but does that risk of um, increased sport and, and like you hear a lot of talk about uh, player burnout in youth sports. So so does that bring extra injury risks or does that bring extra considerations you need to, to take yeah. into account? Yeah, that, that's a kind of a big question. There's a there's a lot of different angles you can go at with that question, Stephen. So look, we might just chat through a couple of them. Um, so first of all, when you're when you're talking about burnout, um, the, the recovery piece we just spoke about would be key in terms of the burnout. So with burnout, often that, that players aren't recovering from sessions and that they feel like they're, you know, they're not fit um, and they're doing an awful lot of training and, and they feel kind of fatigued and, and, and burnt out. So it's often that it's, it's that um, they haven't managed to recover for a significant period of time and therefore that their, their strength or their fitness is, is going in the wrong, wrong direction. So the recovery piece is key to, to avoid burnout. That'd be my first comment. Um, the second comment on it would be um, probably people who are watch are listening to this. Um, look, I, I, I suppose I played both football and camogie for, for a number of years. Um, and I suppose it was only like I, I would have played senior football and camogie up until 20, 2016. And obviously all through my underage days, I would have played both football and camogie with, with both club and county and school. But just to bear in mind that things are a little bit different now. I mean, it's um, it's 16 years since I was, we know, sorry, it's 20 years since I would have played under 14. So things are a little bit different now than they were when I was playing. And it has to be said that things are, are it's, it's more difficult now to be playing, you know, both football and camogie at under 14 or at under 16 level than when I was playing it for a couple of different reasons. Number one, when I was playing, there was no back doors. So... There's a lot more matches going on now. Number two, regardless of the the number of, of matches, our seasons were much shorter. Um, we, we didn't have the same preseason at all when we were playing at underage level. So it's it's definitely trickier now. Um, the third thing is that, you know, I think the standard of training has probably improved as well. So the training sessions that we were doing probably weren't as tough um, back then as they are now. So I think you have to respect all those factors as well when you're when you're looking at trying to balance a couple of different sports. Now with that said, I do I do think think that it's still possible, but there has to be excellent communication between players or parents and managements. So I mean, obviously every manager wants to get the best out of, of their player, but the only way that can be done is if if the player is, you know, is 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 fully respected. Um and that and they have balance in in their own training. So communication between the player and between the the management squad, management teams is very very important. Um, I think like an element of of honesty is is crucial, and an element of trust in as well is is crucial. So you know the player must be must be very honest in terms of you know when they you know they must kind of try and plan out their their week or their fortnight that's ahead. Um, and decide what training sessions would be the best to do. Um, you know, they probably would do that in conjunction with their with their management teams. And then I suppose the management team has have to trust the player that when they are doing those sessions, that they're you know they're going to do the very best at their sessions. 
and that when they are with their particular team, they will do the very best with their team. But they can't be there all the time. You can't be at everything all the time. You can't be training, you know, every day of the week or twice in the day, you know, every day of the week. There might be a situation where you have to do two sessions in the one day, but that should be, you know, a a very rare thing that happens. Um, And it shouldn't be a regular thing. And if it turns into a regular thing, you know, nobody's going to win. Um, So I think the... I think there has to be kind of a, an understanding that it is getting tougher um, to, 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 to juggle a couple of this, different sports. Um, but if a, if a player wants to do that, then I suppose they have to be respected. Um, um, and I suppose communication between the player and the different management teams, you know, and, and trust between the player and the different management teams is absolutely key. Yeah, no, and, and what you say is just common sense. Like, it's treat the person like a person and not just an athlete, if that makes sense. If that's what they want to do and they want to play some a variety of sports, well, that's great for them. And, and if uh, if coaches and parents can work together to, to make that as an easy as process as possible, I think that's good for everybody. Um, I'm, I'm curious as well, and slightly off topic in terms of uh, injury prevention, but like, you would have played at a really, really high level, Rena, for for a long time and had huge success. Um, but where do you think, in terms of young girls playing and 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 that balance between winning and just participation and that sort of long term player development, um, have you seen um, some things along your own journey that uh, have been great for for like? allowing you to participate at a high level or keep uh, keep playing? Um, have you seen things that have turned off other girls? Um, and do you think we're in a better place now than we were maybe 15, 16 years um, ago? So certainly, first of all, I, I think we're in a much better place now than we, we were 15, 16 years ago. Um, look, we all we all have an understanding of the the, um, the drop-off rate among among girls. And Anagiri did an, an excellent show on it recently on, on RT. Um, and it certainly still is an issue, but I think it, it's becoming less of an issue. And why is it becoming less of an issue? I think um, for a couple of different reasons. I think there's more probably um, visibility among women in sport. Um, you know, we're even looking at Kelly Harrington, Katie Taylor. You know, we, we're seeing a lot more females on television playing sport. And that type of visibility is, is very important for the, for the young female wondering where they're going to go with their sport. That would be the first thing. Um, I think there's probably a little bit more um, financial input going into female sports in the last couple of years, which is fantastic as well. Um, and there's certainly higher participation levels. I, I, I just know recently our own cool camp here in Dunamore, I know that it's 50-50 in terms of boys and girls it's going on this week. And to see things like that is is fantastic. So it is becoming much much more the norm for, for girls to be participating in sport. And hopefully that will continue through their lifetime. Um and I think the other thing that's that's absolutely key, whether you're playing at a high level or a low level, is that it's enjoyable. Um, you know, everybody's playing, well, bare, obviously, professional sports, but even at, at a professional level, if it's not enjoyable, you just don't want to be there. You're not going to be be doing well. Um, and certainly at a at any level in terms of camogie, it has to be enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, you know, people, people are going to be making excuses not to be there. Whereas if it is enjoyable, people are going to make excuses to get there. Um, and that's it's the same with anything in life, really. If you're enjoying your work, I'm sure you'll do better at it. Um, and, you know, you'll be there. You might put in a little bit of extra time and so on and so forth. 
Um, so I think keeping the enjoyment in sport is is very, very important. It can be difficult to try and balance it in in terms of winning. Um, but if it's enjoyable, there's often kind of um, a, a good team spirit and good morale. And everyone kind of um, buys into it then. And, you know, you you enjoy winning as well, I think. Um, so if, if you can if you can get to that place, it's 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 even more enjoyable. So um, I suppose look, it's it is tricky when you're managing underage teams, and you can have kind of different um, standards within the team. So to try and keep everybody connected, everybody involved, can be tricky. But enjoyment is key. Whatever it is that you can do to make the the session enjoyable or make the year enjoyable. No, everybody will appreciate that and, and your team will be the better for it. I think it's great to hear, though, Rena, from someone like yourself who had such a high, such a lot of success at such a high level for so long. And you talk about the importance of enjoyment because some people will think, oh, senior football, senior camogie, uh, that's just going and training hard and there's no fun there and you know, but to hear you talk about it, and you can hear it in your voice, like you you, you talk about the enjoyment uh, piece as being so important. Uh, like, is that something that was a is, was a key factor for your coaches and managers when uh, when you were coming? Oh, up to definitely. The I mean, I suppose particularly if you're from a county like Cork, you know, because if you think about you know our league games, you know, so I suppose more so in football than Camogie, you know, you're going up to Donegal for a league game, you're going to Tyrone for a league game, you're going to Dublin for a league game, you know, so. You know, you're you're spending a lot of time on the bus with people. Um, aside from from training, you're spending a lot of time traveling to to get to places. Um, uh, so like the fact that there be a good good spirit within the team and that you enjoy each other's company and enjoy the small things. I mean, that's really really important. And nearly particularly, the more time that you put into a particular team. I mean, if there's not an enjoyable atmosphere, I mean, you're just not going to stick at it. So making sure that the, the atmosphere is enjoyable, that it's welcoming, everybody feels part of it. I mean, that's that's absolutely crucial. Um, I mean, even there, a gang of us would have met up. It was last weekend, um, a gang of us that would have played together with Cork. Um, and, like, we didn't talk about any medals that we won. We just talked about the, the fun times that we had and, you know, the, the crack that we would have had together. Um, so it's obviously, very, you know, winning when we were playing was, was hugely important. But I suppose it's the enjoyment piece and the friendships. That's that's the most important thing about sport. You know, doing your best is obviously, you know, very, very important. But you could do your best and enjoy it um, and enjoy friendships and, you know, enjoy the time you spend together. And that's that's what's that's what's, you know, excellent about sport, that kind of network of friends and that social element of it. Um, and that can't be lost at, at any level. Yeah, no, and again, it's it's brilliant to hear you talk about that that the the enjoyment and the fun and the, and the friendships and and I think like at the end of the day, that's what sport is all around and and uh, and all the, the the life skills and stuff like that that it also teaches us. So, um, you've been brilliant with your times, Rena. So, um, I'm gonna ask you one more question, one last question. So, if someone was only tuning in for the last three or four minutes here now, um, what would be your biggest takeaway that you'd want them to to um take from the podcast today um around injury prevention recovery and um, keeping girls playing what what would that biggest takeaway you'd like them to, to to have yeah so a couple of different things i suppose the the warm-up would be would be very important so the ga15 or activate they're they're probably the two resources that are, are very important and um, 
Number two would be um, that, uh, I suppose, girls kind of mature a little bit differently to boys. Boys get that little bit stronger as they're going through their teenage years, so they're able to take a bigger load. Girls, it takes that little bit longer to get stronger. And for girls, actually, a little bit of strength training in their teenage years really makes girls that little bit more robust and, and less injury prone. So like basic strength training you could do at, at, at training would be, would be very beneficial. I'm talking like about and a little bit of bridging, a little bit of squatting, a little bit of lunging. Just basic things would be very important for girls. Um, the recovery is key as well. So um, remember when you, when you do exercise, there's little minimal damage to, to, your, to your muscles and that's part and parcel of exercise. And if you don't give yourself the recovery afterwards, you know, you won't be fitter or stronger after doing that exercise. So, you know, pushing yourself while you're doing the exercise is important to get fitter and stronger. But also what's equally important is to give yourself that time afterwards to recover fully so that you're, you finish in a better place than when you started. And if you're doing that on a regular basis, you will get fitter and you will get stronger. Whereas if you don't give yourself the adequate time to recover, you know, you'll be going in the, in the other direction. So kind of they'd be my, my three kind of key takeaway points. No, Amrina, they're brilliant. I think just the, the practical tips in terms of uh, avoiding injury and talking through the differences that uh, the differences between boys and girls, I think, will be will be um, something that t- people will take away straight away as well. And then also the importance on that recovery and 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 keeping it fun as well, uh, I think, is uh, some really key takeaways for, for all coaches uh, listening. So thank you very much for joining us. This podcast series has been brought to you by Tesco in partnership with the Camogie Association. Tesco, every little helps.